0: This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Good evening to all and welcome to tonight's edition of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Mbele and it's always a pleasure to be in your company and definitely tonight is not going to be an exception. As a norm, let me pass my gratitude to my fellow uh, presenters, uh, Howard Feldman, such a star, and the rest of the team for a work done, for a brilliant work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I'm sure that uh, you you will definitely be in in contact with them uh, very soon. Uh, Moving forward, uh, let me also acknowledge uh, Vusi here, who's the producer of the show. Uh, For without him, not much of uh, good output can be maintained. Vusi, once again, I applaud you, my brother. Uh, And tonight, um, the, the topical issue tonight is about the turnaround strategies of SOEs. Um in making sense of this uh, very complex and dynamic issue um i'm joined the studio by our i refer to him as the prodigal son mr justice Naba. um and then he's been away unfortunately he's back and once again Justice Naba. welcome and be, welcome to the show thanks doug good to be back. And, and we are also blessed to have uh, Eric Stillnerman who is a regular contributor to the show. Um, Eric, uh, good evening and welcome to you. Good evening, Nimi. How are you? Good evening, good evening sir. Good evening, good evening sir. Justice. Thanks, thanks. Thank you very much, folks. Uh, for those that have just joined us, you're more than welcome to make your contribution. Um, our SMS line, as you know, is 34519. And my email address is Nimrod at fm, And, of course, our Twitter handle is, uh, uh, is at fm. And we'll definitely make sure that we revert back to you uh, uh, when you make those 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 kind of comments. But before I, I engage the two colleagues in the studio, I just want to paint a picture because I think it's quite important to put issues in context. <coughs> I beg your pardon. Uh, when you look at Eskom, for an example, they've just released. Um, we've just been duly informed that they uh, they they've incurred a debt of about four hundred seventy billion rand. Um, and over and above that, uh, they've got a ballooning uh, uh, debt uh, you know, by the municipalities to the tune of about 11.2 billion rands. And on the other hand, uh, mini- m- you know, all the municipal heads uh, are, are scrambling or asking for, for, for ESCOM to literally do away with it about 9 point, billion rands um, because it threatened their own uh, financial viability. These are the municipalities moving beyond that there's about 11.6 billion rents um uh, by c- other creditors which includes um you know government departments um and moving forward uh, when you look at the what the ndp has projected uh, from economic point of view and juxtapose that with a very slow economic growth as it were we're not growing at more than uh, a percent and 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 this also put enormous pressure on these kind of debt levels that we're seeing and we take that element, um, an element of the controversial, uh, you know, Guptas uh, and trillion and so on and so forth. And at that, there's about one point one point five billion rent, um, which was unduly paid to uh, to Mackenzie as well as a trillion. So this is the bigger picture that I'm trying to paint, um, and which gives us a, a sense of where Eskom in particular finds itself in. And I, I put this question uh, before the colleagues In that, yes, we acknowledge what um, the parliament is doing Suddenly, um, parliament has grown teeth and they're biting um, Your take in terms of what you have observed With the current um, you, know, uh, in, uh, you know inquiry around uh, state capture um, Now, let me start with you. Your, your take Do you think parliament is finally reaching its potential in so far as holding executive to account, or there's still more
1: that needs to happen. Thank you Doc. I think uh, we would have seen I mean today was very explosive if you look at the presentation by Mr. Montana. And um, it is encouraging what you what we have seen, especially I would say since around September last year, really when we began to see portfolio committees holding people to account suddenly. so um, And it, it is also worth noting, well, it was before the, 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 the ANC elections, but nat- naturally we saw the change already around September last year, So, which meant that the portfolio committees somehow, the penny dropped and they suddenly realized what their role was because, remember, there's different spheres of government, um, and in this case, there could have been that at some point some members of these portfolio communities didn't realize what their actual roles and responsibilities were, and therefore there could have been a reluctance because suddenly out of the processes that we saw where when they realized that, in essence... Uh, one would need to give um, credit to the court processes because let's agree that some of the clarities were provided by the court judgments which defined explicitly what the rules of portfolio committees were. Because before (coughs) then, there was simply a, a definite misunderstanding, I think. I think a lot of that came via the judgments that we saw which explicitly... Expressed a view that this is what your role is as an executive, and we would have seen recently as well, where even some judgments referred matters back to to, uh, parliament. to parliament, to to so that there's no confusion as to what is it that you are supposed to be dealing with there. Therefore, I do realise that. They the courts assist us as in this regard t- to clarify where there was uncertainty and gray errors to say well people didn't know what their role was. The judgments I believe gave explicit uh, explanation as to what each different sphere of government is supposed to do, and certainly executives, which the executive arm, which is government, is accountable to the, to, to to the to the overseeing. Uh, Portfolio committees. Therefore, I think that in itself is positive, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Thank you very much for that insight. Um, you know, let me bring um, Eric in, in on this issue. Um, we have noticed that, um, and as I'm sure um, you know, Justice has correctly pointed out mm. that um, Parliament has suddenly woken up, and 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 through the the deliberations by. Uh, court uh, we we moving towards you know uh, the right co- direction as it were. Mm. Uh, are you comfortable um, from a business point of view that indeed Parliament is beginning to create that element of certainty? Because in a, in a public space, um, business response often uh, uh, um, uh, question or business general often question pol- issues around policy uh, policy certainty. Hmm. Do you think the kinds of deliberation we're seeing in Parliament are beginning to shed light in relation to where the economy is going by ve- by way of providing that certainty? Are oh, you
2: asking? 10 different questions <laughs> in the same time. <laughs> uh, is, are the parliamentary committees uh, shedding light? I agree with justice. They've woken up. I don't think it's that they just innocently were sleeping. Uh, I think it's it's probably the ANC caucus that gave them the direction uh, to, to to assert their, their um, uh, authority and and also uh, I, I was being blown away in in the few sessions that i 've been watching at the depth and breadth of talent we have in this country uh, some I- incredibly bright honest uh, you know forthright people who prepare to go. And 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 give people a thorough workout. I mean, to see Lynn Brown there going for comfort <laughs> breaks every ten <laughs> minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, I know nursing who I've met personally once, you know, squirming in his seat and you know, not knowing which to turn, uh, which way to turn. Um, I'm not. Don't know how much that says about the economy and certainty about Not policy. But, but. That's another issue. Uh, I'm, I'm just the question really maybe would be beyond just shedding light. I think as I even said to you beforehand, and, and, um, the, the the problem I, I, I sense in those parliamentary committees is that I think they've got uh, limited teeth um, and 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 interrogatory powers, you know, to to to. to Actually, get the information out. They, they, don't. You know, I don't know if they've got the power of subpoena. The, the I don't have. They w- do. do they have no, the they power do. of they subpoena? They, you know, do. they do. So you know, they've also filled no. a gap. They do. While um, the the state of capture uh, uh, commission. was not never being convened Mm. and now it's Mm. being Mm. set up with the terms of reference. It's also going to be delayed. Mm. In the meantime Parliament is serving that function that it was intended to do which is to fire on all cylinders and Mm. keep people on their Mm. toes. Mm. Can it put people in jail only by making it very difficult for the national prosecuting authority Mm. not to open cases? Exactly. Well,
1: Yes, Mbobo? The uh, to 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 to, uh, to to answer your question, I agree with you as well, but the court has also clarified the the, the portfolio committees have the authority to subpoena anybody, mm. Mm. so they have that authority. Secondly, they also have an authority to call for capacity, which is why you see now in most of the portfolio committee versions where in especially in this state uh, not state of capH in this uh, S- uh, SOC's investigations they have the evidence leader that's the evidence leader of Parliament so oh. to assist and and then give a capacity to the committee so that the, the the evidence leader prepares even before you that's why you are su- you are supposed to when you come you don't just come they give you, a document to say Look, you are Required to, to appear Then they, like the legal Process, they give you an opportunity I think it's about four weeks notice To say prepare mm. wow. Your submissions, we want your submissions Before, so that we So you, you respond Definitely, you have to be there, and then secondly, you also reply upfront by your own submissions. So you submit, so you can uh, interact with your lawyer somewhere and and write down proper submissions. So it's not manga-manga uh, business. You submit a full document of your evidence and of your replies. Then the answer, what we see on TV, are now answer sessions where you are now coming to to answer. Based on the submissions that you've submitted. I think I think
0: you're quite correct, Justice, by alluding to the fact that um portfolio committees have the legal right. They can subpoena anybody. Anybody. But um as a matter of course. But how do we explain instances where ministers fail or refuse to attend to the subpoena? Let's take a big old comeback. This is beyond governance with Dr. Nimrod and Belly. Welcome back. It is now twenty-four after six, and I'm joined in the studio by Eric Stillerman and uh, Justice Ndaba. We are sinking our teeth around the turnaround strategy as it applies to the the state-owned enterprises. Before into the break, the question that I put before colleagues was, you know, as to why, in most instances, ministers. Uh, are not abiding to the rules of engagement. For an example, we've heard uh, the Minister of Communications from time to time should be subpoenaed. um, At least we are told to to appear before Parliament and account. She did not do that. The Minister of Social Development, she was subpoenaed. uh, But for whatever reason, declined or did not attend. Mm. So so that question uh, began to um, ask a, a, a question as to whether Parliament has teeth um, you want to just give us
1: an a insight on that particular one? Thank you, Doc. Um, I think the clarification there is that before... Uh, to correct you there, they don't... They, 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 before, they were not subpoenaing. Them. They were simply extending an invite to appear before the committee. So
0: this was like a gentleman's agreement?
1: It was, yes, to say, we have a meeting, we would like you to appear before the committee. Now, with this experience of ministers not coming through... And after the courts have clarified that you do have the power of subpoena, since then they've been, they are subpoena in them. They still do a a courtesy letter of of appearance. But should you not, like for instance the example of um, the uh, uh, Transnet, remember two weeks ago, transnet that had not appeared, then they said to you, "If you don't come to the next invite, we're going to subpoena you." Mm-hmm. So they do do that. They give you upfront to say come, but if you don't, we will issue the subpoena. You see. So now they, now that they understand that authority, they are able to tell you that appear if you don't we cannot subpoena you because if you then fail to honor the subpoena the normal uh, process of the law must take its course because then it's contempt okay you
2: want, you want to add um, a point there, um, Eric? Yeah, I, I was just about to ask you that. Is it contempt uh, of contempt. court and contempt of parliament? Yes. Whatever the case is, can you yes. be sanctioned if you don't appear? Yes. Okay, moving on a little bit in terms of the ducking and diving that we see even in the committees. I forgot. I don't remember. Uh, it 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 wasn't mm-hmm. in my it was before my time it wasn't in my job description <laughs> those kinds of duck and dive how how do you anybody whether a court of law or parliament how do you nail people who who duck and dive who who uh, you know how do you pin them down well there is uh, sorry I, they wow, yeah <laughs> what what they
1: do now that is why the process and the procedure is so. Critical. now when you do appear now you you are under oath and you are reminded that sure. so you appear and you take an oath now the risk that if you dilly dally and you duck and dive the risk that you 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 face is that you could be charged for perjury sure uh, because remember a lot of times when they ask you these questions they already have submissions from other parties so right. the likelihood is that where you claim to not know the, the likelihood is that the evidence leader will show you that you actually did lie as an yes. instance yes. because they would be referring to other documentation then so it, the, the evidence leader is supposed to go through that but should you be found to have lied that is why most of them when they appear Excluding the guy that appeared today, Mr. Mm, Montana. They bring a uh, the lawyer. They bring their attorneys next mm, to course. them mm. yeah, yeah, because as true. they answer, um, and a lot of times I've seen with the last three portfolio committees is that people are uh, because there's an alternative process in hand, like the commission of inquiry, and so so when they appear before court, they don't want to 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 expose themselves because they know that the subsequent process that is coming. So they claim to to, to not uh, incriminate, incriminate themselves because they know that they still have to c- go up here before they inquire. But th- th- that seems to be a
0: good um, thing from a turnaround point. Remember, conversation tonight is it's a turnaround. Ten. Yeah. So the turnaround <coughs> first, uh, first and foremost, it, it, at the systemic level, mm. a turnaround at Parliament, a turnaround at boards, a turnaround at executive, sure. and so on and so forth. Mm. So I think we get a sense that there is a positive move at Parliament level in so far as holding executive to account. Mm. But earlier on, when I started the show, I made reference to quite exorbitant. Uh, amount of money is owed to the likes of Escom, ESCOM, which fundamentally question the business model. I tell you why. Um, take away corruption. Take away maladministration which doesn't, as, as for the 2015-16 financial year, it's no more less than, well, let's give or take, three billion rents. Let's, let's park that aside. And when you juxtapose that with, what did you say earlier, we said about, well, 475. 470 billion rents. Mm. So there's a huge discrepancy uh, in terms of, of, of the kind of debt um, Ascom finds itself in. And that, for me, it's not about leadership i i can i 'm obviously in agreement that when you change the board it 's a right step in the
2: right towards the right direction, but will that address the problem well I mean if you look at what what the, uh, what the banks uh, um, have said about uh, rolling over their, their debt and, and, and whether um, ESCOM is a going concern, they have to release their financial statements. but tomorrow, otherwise today, their bonds are, are suspended mm-hmm. from the stock exchange. And um in order f- uh, to be considered a going concern by, by the bankers, who are critical, of course and then by the auditors, uh, the board the, the, the bankers required a new board. Lynn Brown tried to put in place a new board in 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 December, and that was just a rehash of the recycling of, of the old board members. Uh, didn't really convince them, and she's really looking in a very embarrassing position at the moment. So, they've now appointed this new board in January with Jabu Mabusa, who's the head of Telcom, chairman of Telcom, so successful in the Telcom role, as you well know, and the head of Business Unity South Africa, Business Leadership South Africa, and, and, and a credible group of people, very people with expertise, depth, and breadth of, 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 um, of wisdom and, and, and ability to bring in. So the banks have at least said they prepare prepared to consider rolling over the debt and, and treating ESCOM as, 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 as a going concern. concern. That doesn't dev- mean automatically that um, ESCOM turns around. All it means is that their 465 billion it's red debt I mean is, so. is renewed. And the question is, where? What is the business model of ESCOM, as you quite rightly ask? How did they get into that amount of debt in the first place, and how did they get out of that debt? Mm. Double? Yes, yes, sir. Um, look, uh,
1: let's accept the fact that ESCOM today did uh, submit and publish their interim results. Did they today? At three oh, that's so nice. they So they've wow. done that. And also what was interesting for me is that the interim results come with a clean audit. Okay. Okay, so that is a positive. Hmm. All right. Although also it still highlights that the there is still going to be a cash shortfall for, for the year of about twelve billion rands. But the critical aspect of it is that they have to raise almost ten billion a month. January ten <coughs> billion, which is by tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, February 10 billion, which is before March. So they have this 20 billion rand that they must uh, raise quickly. That mm. is why they had to ensure to to, 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 abide, to, with your po- to, to abide with the JSE requirement because mm. remember mm. the bonds are sitting at JSE, the ESCOM bonds. So they did that and now that they've done that, they're now embarking on a process to do the turnaround because, the, and they've. I, I like the fact that if you look at what they published today, they've they've already alluded to key decisions that they are going to take, which will please the the the, the investors. And these decisions are. Indicative of their turnaround model that they are going to go through, Justice and can part just, of
0: it, just can you just hold on to that? Because you something very pertinent, which which I don't want to lose. Mm. Um, part when they released their financial, you said um, the positive things was that you know they, 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 they received clean audit. Yeah, of the interim results Of the interim results. Yeah, it's still interim results Okay, yeah. which means um, the other could be uncovered in the process. Yes, later. Because the reason why I'm bringing this issue of a clean audit because. It, it it doesn't make sense for simple reason. I've, I've w- in one of the testimonies um, appointed by you know the the, the, the former um, uh, CEO of, of ESCOM Coco, for an example. He at some point he he was denying the fact that he had sanctioned the payment for trillion mm. and, and and McKenzie. Mm. Okay. That billion rains and 450 million rand respectively, surely, because this happened uh, as part of the, the current uh, financial mm. year that is under review. Mm. Therefore, it cannot be that
1: the audit is clean. Mm. If it's interim, maybe it's something else. It's interim, and then with cautions, because throughout the balance of the period, clearly they're going to go deeper into... That is why it was critical to get a credible board. That is going to delve deeper into this because remember in the, what they published today they identified mm-hmm. four key things. For instance, um, governance, okay, mm-hmm. which is critical of because course. governance means that what you there's credibility, there's in credibility in what you're going to go dig, and the auditors now also now would go subsequently with a clear mandate c- backed by the board to go dig deeper into the trillion, into all of these other things to say make sure so that when the full uh, results are published, by that time there's now a clarity as to what actually happened. Was there any uh, bridges of, of governance and so on and so forth. So they, they have the time to get to that. But in the turnaround, they immediate things because now they have to prepare uh, for these submissions of raising $10 billion a month between now and 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 March, meaning ten Jen, ten billion. So you are looking about. The, yeah. Same yeah. Same so between. now they, they've already appointed because remember what was the key finding before was poor leadership. They they are addressing that by uh, the CEO who has uh, experience of turnaround because remember uh, the CEO that they have now, the interim CEO, um, we worked with him at Treasury. He used to be. Uh, uh, director General of the of, of 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 public enterprises, and then he was p- uh, placed when the land bank was about to go under. He was put at the land bank um, about uh, I think twenty oh seven, twenty oh seven, twenty oh eight, and he turned around the land bank. <laughs> okay, so he comes with credibility of turnaround. So that is why the positive nature of the ability to be able to raise this Would be on the back of that To say now we have addressed the issues of governance We have addressed the issue of poor leadership Which is not in its entirety It's mm. merely for the short term And then long term They are now embarking on addressing issues of One of the critical issues was expenditure in the sense that they have a lot of irregular expenditures so pagamani uh, which the interim ceo will have experience in dealing with that because it was the similar issue that he was facing at the land bank of irregular expenditures irregular expenditures fall in the category of for instance allegedly the trillion mm-hmm. so the, it will be identified there to to say how do it? because if you kept the irregular expenditure issue, already you beginning to turn around. Then the, one of the other critical issues of ESCOM in this is why they have this 10 billion. Part of it is, is operational cost. They simply have a very high operational cost model. Which, if they is is one of the issues they are addressing the turnaround. So leadership issues, governance issues, irregular expenditure issues, uh, 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 operational costs reduce the operational costs. Then you begin to to, to 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 position yourself to deal with these issues. Where you are able, obviously, the collection issue you raise of mm-hmm. municipalities. Um, that one they would they can still do, even though it has the. Political, uh, uh, So they have to deal with it in a way that addresses the, the political and social issues. But within their domain, they have these four issues that they can look at. And remember, you raise an issue of, 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 of business model. I think if they are to do this successfully, they have to revisit the issue of the business model. In other words, going back to look at how well are we doing distribution how well are we doing uh, trans, uh transmission how well are we uh, doing the uh, uh, um, the other elements of, of 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 the business now they did away with escom enterprises which was if you look at it as escom enterprises was one of the key enterprises that looked after building the balance sheet of of esco so they could revisit that so Clearly, in the turnaround, they have to do a new business model.
0: I'm I'm happy Justin, that you're able to reflect on the the current business model. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's take a, a moment and let me just bring um, Eric here. Um, in my mind, it's there's no doubt of the imperative nature of good leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you provide leadership, you provide credibility, you provide public with trust that indeed this particular report has the entity's best interest at heart. at heart. It is led by men and women of high caliber and so on and so forth. Mm. That for me, it's not a here nor a there. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, it's, it's not even non-negotiable. Mm. It has to happen. Mm. But deeper than that, because there is no way in which any state-owned entity can be ever turned around without looking at their business model. Mm. Let me make an example. Mm. The SABC, for an example, mm. when it was in a dire financial stress, mm. they had to look at their business business model, mm. which was the juxtaposition between commercial viability mm. and social mandate. Mm. At one hand, you are expected to generate revenue through advertisement, mm. okay, and at the same time deliver social programs which were not funded mm. by government, mm. okay? And everybody wanted sitting programs to be aired mm. without understanding exactly that it costs money mm. to flight any program, whether it's education and so on and so forth. Mm. And when you look at the funding model mm. of the SCBC at the time, you had about more than 80% of SCBC revenues were derived from advertisement, mm. okay? 18% was derived from TV licenses and less than 2% from from state coffers, That model was was, was inherently flawed. Mm. That is why, even if they've had a new board, the chances are they're not going to turn it around. So for asking
2: for an example to really move forward, they need to interrogate the current business model. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, it's an absolute treat listening to both of you here. You've done your homework, you've got the numbers, and, and, and I'm really happy to be able to chip in here. I think the, the big number that sticks out for me here, being a financial guy, is 470 billion rand debt. And I'm thinking, where did that come from, and how do you slowly get rid of that? And Jabu Mabuz, I was reading in Business Day the other day, at Telcom, he cut th- uh, thousands of people. So, so the big can, ones... Can, can yeah. I just interrupt you there? Uh, let's take a break because I yeah. see if Vusi said, look, we need to pay bills.
0: Hold on to that so We'll come sure.
2: back in a second. Okay. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Nbele.
0: Well Welcome back. It is now almost 14 yeah. to 7. We're joined in the studio by Eric Stillerman, who is a strategist, and, of course, Mr. Ndava, uh, who is also a strategist. Before we went to the break... Um, the question the, the issue at hand was was the turnaround um, of of ESCOM, uh in the context of the four hundred and seventy billion rands, um that is due to them so Eric was about to give us a sense of um, how they would you know chip back or claw back those kinds
2: of um, 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 resources well, well i think the the big the big uh, projects that have have been happening at EScom over the last Five to ten years. The two big uh, power stations, Kusila and Madupi, which I think have cost somewhere in the region of 380 billion rand, Mm. are still not finished. And uh, those costs were vastly inflated through inefficiency, Mm. through guaranteed corruption, through backhanders, through all sorts of. You know, shenanigans that that need to be dug into. So it's not just, you know, the trillion deal that is that needs to be looked at. They will interrogate, not only interrogate what happened in the past, they will put the brakes on massive expenditure mm. now that they will be faced, confronted with you know all the, the, the requisitions for increasing and, 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 and continuing those projects so there will be a handle on those which is huge and you can begin to turn things around on that level from an operating cost point of view I was just saying to you during the break I, I, I'm sure you've also walked around ESCOM at some time that campus, Justice, have you been there? to, to the, the ESCOM campus? it's not a business, it's a campus it's like a holiday home where people are walking around and doing random things. You know, there are thousands of people there <laughs> that they th- it, it looks like they at university, you know, having tea and coffees and in the canteen, they will have to and Jabu M- Mabusa did it at Telcom. He cut a lot of people, and he brought salaries and bonuses and insen- under total control. You know, you've got people who insist on earning their tens of millions of friends worth of bonuses every year, whatever Eskom's performance. <laughs> so that's, that's a thing of the past, you know. It's mm-hmm. going to be run like a proper enterprise by proper people who know what they're doing. And I'm sure they'll begin to turn it around. I think there is another element that I would like to throw in here. That's from an expertise and a business perspective. The question is whether politically the... Uh, The force now is with the camp of, you know, the ANC, and it goes all the way way back to the NEC. You know, I noticed yesterday, Ace parading around the country, Ace Mm -hmm. and and Jesse Duarte, Uh making a, a revival for Zuma and trying to get rid of Ramaphosa. Mm-hmm. So that political battle—I don't know what your thoughts are. How's that going to play out in the SOCs? Mm. You know, that's also going to. How much latitude have they got to do what they've got to do? Well, well, uh, maybe I, I don't think. Um, that yeah, kind of I'll, I'll come back to,
1: uh, to the technical.
0: Yeah, but let's look at. Um, there's a, a, one of the callers um, ask a question, which perhaps maybe you guys can can can, can answer. He yeah. says, um, "How is turnaround possible with Gupta slippers agents who are still in in this parasita port?" And I think it's a fair question. Gupta's agents, mm, yeah, they, they've got to fish them. And out. how do you neutralise them?
2: Um, obviously, this SMS is not signed in future. Yeah. No, but they've got to they've got to go, they got to dig them out. They, yeah. That's part of what they, their job is going to be. There's going to be a forensic campaign to root out the people that are that that are corrupt within the, mm-hmm. the entities. On
1: the other hand, though, uh, 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 maybe to to answer the question by the caller. And then maybe go back to what was raised before. I think we, we should be appreciative of what is happening in South Africa, especially in terms of um,
0: media exposure. Media
1: exposure. We yep. have well. to be thankful for that. Yes. The advocacy by um, NGOs. Our trial has been very critical. Um, mm-hmm. And then sure. the, the, the willingness for these NGOs to put their money where their mouths were. In other words, following through. The courts, Mm. which is why we are having what we are having now. So, even those people of Gupta's that are planted in this SOEs, now that with this exposure, clearly we are going to a level where a a matter of governance is going to be paramount throughout. Because, post this uh, inquiry, post the parliamentary reports clearly there's going to be very, very uh, 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 willingness for clearer uh, governance uh, attributes. And also, the question on political willingness, we now know that previously, while you could say there was no political willingness, clearly there is now, because it has been (coughs) pronounced, even the governing party has pronounced, for instance, in terms of what they published in January early about the, 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 the willingness for them to back clean governance in SOCs. So now we know that at least there's a level of political willingness. Now, which means that the, these boards and these leaderships that, that are being appointed will have space to apply technical Uh, Norms in organizations because that's where the issue was that professionals and I would like to go back to the issue of ESCOM Uh, in my experience there are people within ESCOM who are technocrats who Mm, are clean professionals and that's what we mean by saying These kinds of people need to be given space to be able to apply Mm. their expertise. And Yes, I I, I agree knowing ESCOM that this is why the operational costs are so high because if you know ESCOM, you know that everybody there hires a consultant Mm. one way or the other. So that tends to close the system. I mean, there are so many resident consultants in ESCOM. That <laughs> is probably one... So with uh, a turnaround specialist as an interim CEO, he, they're going to dig down into that and say, look, you, we have you, you're an expert. The, there's no need to have consul- this, this, this consulting firm You said You so could so do the job. Exactly. So that in itself begins because that's part of the turnaround, you see. So I, I'm saying that with expertise that... Once you have political willingness, they're going to give them space to say, you have the space, that, which is what happened at Telkom, uh, When Mabuza went in, he went deliberately and said, I need time, I need space. Mm. If he goes to do the same at ESCOM, he will be given time and space. Therefore, he's able... Because, you see, if you work for SOEs and you come and you say, uh, I want to chop uh, f- 15,000 jobs to six... You know, you know you're gonna get resistance. But mm. if they've given you willingness mm-hmm. to say and, if support. and support, you know, you are able to put those programs on the table.
2: Yeah.
0: I think oh, one of the issues I think I think thanks for that point, Justice. Um but part of the turnaround which ESCOM often complains about is the role of the regulator. Mm. NASA in this particular instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a big monster. Because I think it's quite important for anybody who's doing analysis to have a, a systemic view of all the variables mm. that comes to play yeah. in shaping and molding uh, the institutional look and feel. Mm. And it will be um, uh, almost um, you know naive not to consider the role of, of a regulator. Okay, Because one of the arguments presented by ESCOM executive from time to time is that they would have advanced for X amount of, of tariffs hike. Mm. You know, but the n- nurse would say, Look, no, 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 yes. I'll give you X amount.
2: Exactly. Well, you know, I think it's, it's, it's been public knowledge that, <coughs> well, n- previously n- Nursa would have granted them the increase within the, r- you know, close to what they requested, They're whether it was 20%, making up from previous years, and they've always had a case, and that's what's gone on fueling mm. their lifestyle, you know, <laughs> together with the debt that they've mounted up. Now, this time. When there were public hearings and was completely transparent with proper governance procedures no one the the, all the, f- the, the s- stakeholders could not agree on more what did they agree yeah. on six percent or something well, like yes there, five point two infra-
1: uh, they asked for <coughs> nineteen percent yeah and they were given five point two okay uh, percent yeah mm. but so i mean it clearly the the issue to, pe- to 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 support you is that if if you are not credible and if you are not convincing as a as a leadership, no one would be prepared to give you money because they know you. Well, you will not embassle them. You might
2: ask, how did nurses or, uh, or regulators previously grant those kind of increases? And, and I can only say in a way that they must have been influenced or captured to a degree by the powers that be and the powers have realigned in the environment that we we're looking at today, everyone's more asserting themselves because of that political wall that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I, I think I what what I wanted to share with with general listeners yes, today, sure. you know, was us to have a broader appreciation of what it really takes to turn around, mm-hmm. and what are the key elements that leadership at different level will have to look into mm-hmm. for us to make a successful turnaround. Because um, it, I don't think there's a, there's a a great appreciation of how complex uh, uh, the environment of, of, of SOE is, particularly from executive, you know, mm. um, because in as the, 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 the rules of engagements are legislated to a, to a point where they are cumbersome at some point, mm. but there is just so many influence, you know, and people are not being able to give, people are not uh, being able to give, it, uh, are not being able to, to have an opportunity to mm. do what they're supposed to do, yeah, well, because of these interferences that happens from time to time. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, look, uh, uh, one of the key things now that I like that I see w- will happen now. But remember, many of the key key experts and key key professionals avoided to work in SOCs, right? Because of the toxic environment now. If we are able to go through this process where now the space, there's, uh, you know, many of the experts can now consider coming back and actually work in these SOEs because now you know that, um, going to an SOC does not mean the end of your career because that was the risk many a times where we have typical professionals which careers, whose careers were compromised and their credibility lost. Because of that, of,
2: of being uh, associated with the SOC. I'd like to give you a little case study, uh, mm-hmm. in Nimrod, that I was personally involved in. In an SOC, uh, in one of the provinces, I won't give you the identity here, um, I- I requesting a, 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 a turnaround strategy. And we put a turnaround strategy, and it's actually... Painfully simple. As a financial person, I can tell you, you know, in, in your income and expenditure, your income's either got to go up or your expenditure come down. You've got to live within your means or you've got to make more income. And it's always the preferable strategy to have a strategy to generate more income. So in this particular case, we had an income increase. How do you increase revenue? That was the question that we were asking. We had a strategy to do that. It's a public service entity in the transport industry, one of the provinces, and we had a way to do that. Okay? Secondly, how do you cut expenditure or manage expenditure? And between those two of you, those two elements, you can turn around the performance of, of an entity from a financial point of view obviously leadership has got it directed and it's as simple as that mathematically that's what accounting is, that's what finance is on the other hand and this is what was happening under the corrupt regime that we've been living under for the last 10 years there were people saying no we need to recapitalize all the assets of this company for no particular reason <laughs> Why? So that somebody could make a huge commission and 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 cut of a deal of the and orchestrate deals and leases and leasebacks that made it complicated, that put them into huge debt, for which treasury then would would give a guarantee and that whole syndrome and I saw it for my in my you know for myself with my own eyes. So what happened was I refused to give a report. ...to say that they could recapitalize their their assets. I said, you've got to prove that you can generate positive cash flow in this organization. And with that, incrementally, you will replace the assets that need to be replaced. Can I just ask a question? Let me finalize the point. At that point in time, and the CEO was a member of the same clan, the same faction of all the corrupt people that we're talking about aligned to the Guptas okay (laughs) and I had to stand up against them myself I was not paid I had to beg and demand and go eventually they put my invoice and my my appointment to a uh, to a legal forensic forensic investigation how did I get the project in the first place in the end I won the case And I got paid, and they have not yet replaced their fleet. So that was under a a scenario of no political will. The political will was the opposite way. They didn't want to approve... They actually wanted to go ahead and buy five hundred million rands worth of new assets that they couldn't <laughs> afford. Okay, and, and that for me brings one critical question.
0: Um, you know, I want to wrap up here is the, the 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 business acumen of bonds, because I mean, from a turnaround strategy point mm-hmm. of view, when um, you are being presented with those kind of figures, and you need to say. Wait a second! Is something wrong here? And and how do you begin to engage, um, mm. you know, fellow executives and lobby fellow executives sure. on, on, on what is clearly not financially viable? Mm. Um, and and that's for me. It's quite important at the board level. Sure. I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it. Thank there. you so much. Nimrod, Thank it's you. Wonderful. It has been wonderful <laughs> to have a conversation. With you. I think we need to come back to this point because very optimistic uh, <laughs> result
2: of this conversation. <laughs> Let's hope we can keep tracking <laughs> forward. Eh?
0: Well, until we get again, it has been my absolute pleasure. Good good evening.